You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Hey, fam, it's Mr. You. Please enjoy this short perspective, specifically for your ears today. It won't take long, but it'll definitely hit strong. We're keeping it all the way short with times of trouble. There's a saying that I haven't heard in quite a while, but I'm pretty sure it's still relevant. I think it's from an old song. I'm not really totally sure. You guys can reach out to us and let us know if you know what I'm talking about. Help me get that on track. But the saying goes, trouble don't last always. I don't know where that originates from, but... I'm pretty sure it's accurate, but how are we supposed to approach trouble when it's here? What are we supposed to be doing? In the meanwhile, some folks will put their head down. Some folks will cower in fear. Some folks will pretend like it's not happening and they'll go into a fantasy world until they can come out and everything is safe. How are we supposed to approach trouble when, it's, when trouble's on the scene? I was doing some Bible reading and I ran into a passage in the book of Exodus. Hopefully, even if you don't ascribe to all things biblical, you'll get something out of this uh, podcast short today. But the passage is Exodus chapter 23, verse 28 to 30. Obviously, this is a podcast short, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Basically, it's talking about several different things, but one of the things that stand out is the use of hornets. We'll get into that momentarily, but the hornets aren't the important thing per se in this passage as much as their role is in God's perfect will. So, long story short, the perfect will of God was to use hornets in this situation. It'll make sense shortly, I promise you. But one thing I can say about trouble, and I've seen it in my own life and as a bystander in the life of others. If you want to see character and integrity, you generally find it wherever trouble is. I talk about it all the time. If you have somebody who built your house and it was built shoddily with poor materials and substandard resources, a storm is your best friend. Because the storm is going to reveal what wasn't done right in the first place to prevent worse tragedy later or worse damage later. The storm is your friend. The storm reveals what's not quite right. It reveals the substandard resources used. It reveals the less than viable materials used to build a house. The storm is your friend. In that case, trouble is the friend of the homeowner. Trouble has the innate ability to reveal the subtleties hidden underneath our best attempts at concealment. What does that mean? We find out more about ourselves in the midst of trouble than we do when we're in good times and happy times, puppy and rainbow times. Trouble has the innate ability to reveal the subtleties hidden underneath our best attempts To act like everything is okay and it's all good. 
if we're being fair, the human experience is dicey, to say the least. There's a lot to not be thrilled about. Things that we do and say and how we are so easily able to hurt each other and destroy each other with our words and even with our fist. But what's most telling is the ability to continue to make the same mistakes over and over again generationally. That's the part that is very, very unsettling to me. We talk about a book like Exodus. We know it's Old Testament. It's usually uh, perceived as doom and gloom, fire and brimstone, old school prophets bringing down the wrath of God and fire from heaven. But these are all examples, life lessons, experiences that were documented so that we can learn from them. So that hopefully, preferably, we would make the same mistakes that we're making. It seems like we don't do well with learning from history. I don't know if it's just me or, or what. We're so numb, I don't think we even notice that we're not only walking the same path that these other folks have done faithfully, but we're doing exactly the same thing, ineffectively speaking, that was done by our predecessors. Excuse me, by our predecessors. Excuse me. I mean, sometimes old is easy to find, but wiser, not so much. What exactly makes that passage in Exodus so interesting? I, I want to get into that just a little tiny bit. Here's the premise, in short. The nation of Israel was displaced from slavery in Egypt. You learned that in your Sunday school. You know that already. They were being ushered into a brand new land, a land of milk and honey, of blessings and promises. But they were ushered into this land with very specific instructions. So that's really important here. They have, one, they have divine protection, but obedience was not optional. That was very important. They already had divine protection, but they had to walk in obedience. Two, the land they entered was populated by somebody else, but it was still theirs by right. Hear that today. The land they were supposed to enter into, the promised land, already had people in it. But the land was being promised to those entering into it, not those that actually currently had it and were thriving and living and growing in it. It wasn't their land. They were about to be unseated, unsettled. Disinherited. Evicted. <laughs> Number three. They had to remain focused on the goal and the promise and the journey and avoid the gods and customs of the land they were about to inherit. So they can get comfortable in the land that was theirs, but not with all the things that were already in the land. That weren't good for them to be associated with. Number four. They had provision and protection from illness and they were given long life, or promised long life. Sounds easy enough, right? The terror, number five, the terror and the panic that was sent to discomfort the people that were living there that were about to be evicted were by way of hornets. So the hornets were not there to bring terror and panic to the people who were inheriting the land, but only the ones that were there that were getting ready to get evicted. Did that make sense? The hornets were a tool, a representation of God's exchange, so to speak. He's giving the land to Israel and moving out all the other tribes 
and all the other nations that were there by using hornets. So in this case, we understand, hopefully we do, that the hornets represent the trouble in this case. So what's the trouble that has brought discomfort to God's people in these times that have caused them to look at other customs, other values, other imitation idols and false gods and deities? What has caused God's people who were being given a land to subdue and to possess? What's causing them to not be able to obtain that land What's inhibiting them from doing what God is saying to do? Can you think of anything? This really reminds me of something that we're dealing with right now. I don't know if you get the same parallel that I'm getting right now. Because we are considered to be in times of trouble. Of course, it could be worse, but we're considered to be in times of trouble. But God has given his people a mandate saying that this land is for you to subdue and possess. Not give over to your enemies, those with foreign, so to speak, ideals, idolatrous ways. You're supposed to come and subdue, possess, exemplify the way that he wants, the style of living that he wants. The manner of speaking that he wants. The lifestyle that he wants. Not run in panic with the people who are about to be evicted that he doesn't want there anyway. Is that helping at all? Taking territory takes focus. Now, are you focused on the territory you're supposed to be taking? Or are you so engulfed in the culture and in the customs and in the values of the people who are around you who are not for you, that you've forgotten your mission. It's a hard question, but it had to be asked. Maybe you've even forgotten who sent you on that mission in the first place. Maybe all you can see is the trouble. Maybe all you can see is the hornets, the terror, and the panic. Yes, it was sent. It was sent to where you are. But be encouraged in this. That terror, and that, that terror and that panic was not designed for you. It's designed for the enemies around you who are about to be evicted. You're here to inherit the land. Subdue it. Possess it. It's yours. Keeping it all the way short. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.